I think most of my personal development in the last five, six years has been in reaction to work, what I need to do uh, because of work to be more performant, to succeed, to, to do things better. But it really it all came, I think, uh, from work, from the fact that you don't have a choice. You're your own boss. Nobody's telling you just wake up, do, do this, do that. Um, if you want that paycheck to keep coming, like you need, really need to get up and do what you need to be uh, to do, right? Hi, and welcome to the Mindset and Performance Podcast. I'm Dries. I help athletes and business professionals with their career development. We work on a wide range of areas from psychology to strategy and execution, but we focus essentially on the mindset as it is the key to everything else. The whole idea behind this podcast is to deconstruct the habits that led people to their success, to learn from their experience and understand the psychology behind their actions and behaviors. And of course, to gain key insights that you can apply to your own life. A career change to self-employment can be exciting, yet quite challenging if you don't have the right systems to navigate through its ups and downs. So during this podcast interview, Hisham tells us about his experience and how he moved from a safe and secure career to self-employment and a personal and professional growth journey. Isham is leading a digital agency specialized in the hospitality industry, helping luxury hotels and resorts achieve their revenue goals. So through effective paid media campaigns, management, data insights, in-depth industry knowledge, the agency connects hotels with new digital technologies. Um, in this interview, Hisham shares with us key insights on how to start your own business and maintain sustainable growth. We talked about his early years and what influenced his mindset. His journey is filled with lessons that you can relate to. And Hisham talks also about how he keeps uh, high performance levels with his daily routines, nutrition and time and priority management. So in this interview, you can learn what it takes to be self-employed, what are the main challenges that you'll be facing and how to navigate through them, how to organize your day to be efficient, what processes you should put in place to keep learning and growing, what kind of books you should be reading and uh, the mantras that you can help can help you stay focused. So I have known Hisham for quite a while now. We recorded this podcast when he was passing by Bali, Indonesia. We tried to do it quite few times before that but our timetable didn't match and we just didn't have time we were quite busy both of us and even though I was aware of his entrepreneurial driven profile it was good to get to know more about his background and what made him who he is today right so enjoy the podcast okay how are you today Good. Woke up uh, a bit under the weather, but uh, overall good. Right. Nice. What What happened? Uh, Just slept a bit too late. Had uh, too much on my mind. So I needed distraction. Started mo- uh, watching uh, a movie, and then I ended up finishing the movie too late. Is there a lot going on these days? A lot of yeah, a lot of work and uh, a lot of un- little unfinished things that keeps you okay. Keeps your mind uh, awake. Actually, how do you introduce yourself? Because um, I was thinking about how to introduce you in the interview and I didn't know the title. What should I buy you? What, what do you write on LinkedIn, actually? 
On LinkedIn is a whole paragraph, so let's avoid the LinkedIn thing. Uh, if people ask me, what do you do? Uh, usually I say I'm in hotel marketing without being uh, too specific about my role. Uh, then eventually mentioned that uh, I'm a founder of the, uh, the company. Uh, but I don't give myself specific uh, title. So founder, that's usually it's uh, more founder. And then I get into specifics. Okay, well, t- tell me a little more about what is it specifically that you do? What, what company are you referring to here? You have two companies, right? Yeah, so we have two things. We, one is a hotel marketing agency. Mm-hmm. So we, hotels outsource their marketing services to us. And that has been going on for about four, four or five years. And second company that we launched uh, two years ago officially yeah a year and a half ago but i started working over two years ago and uh, on that one it's a software for hotel uh, websites so it helps websites improve their uh, revenue their production on their own uh, uh, direct websites so it helps them uh, uh, the users that visit the hotel website eventually get to uh, book more on that specific website so um as far as i understood it's a, a little tool that is like the one you find in booking.com and like with notifications telling you how many people are visiting or booking actually the the, the rooms right yeah so well my background like i will probably get to it at some point i used to work for expedia before so what we've done is like the whole mindset of both companies is very similar is to help hotels uh get access to new technologies whatever these bigger companies are doing and the knowledge that we gather from working with these companies now we providing that knowledge and know-how to hotels so we take in a bit of uh, what already exists in the industry obviously making it uh, better and uh enhance that uh, specific those specific things and offer that to hotels independent hotels that would implement those tools on their own websites what we do specifically is smart notifications that would adapt uh, to the user and to the hotel. So based on a specific situation, we'll show uh, smart messages to the hotel website visitor and entice them to uh, complete the booking. So generating more revenue for the hotels. Mm, I see. And when you say in we, we, like, are, do you have partners? Uh, yeah. So on this software company, we're three co-founders and on the agency, we're two. Okay. Well, how do you guys work with each other? Like, oh, how's um, the dynamic? The well, so I'll speak mostly on one partner because we've been working together for uh, way longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we known each other forever, so it was kind of natural uh, to when we started the business. It came. We we knew each other. We knew we can count on each other. So there was a lot of trust uh, built in beforehand. So that was kind of the from the beginning. We both trust each other's judgment and we know that we're going to do the right thing or at least put the effort to do the right thing and uh, so very easy dynamic there's no uh, there's no pressure on who's going to lead on this on that it's just uh, things happen quite naturally so whoever has the strongest feeling about something specific then leads that specific uh, topic mm-hmm. uh, department topic or project whatever it is at that specific moment and do you divide your roles in a certain way? Like uh, one is taking care of one thing, the other one is taking care of the other thing. What, what are the skills that are, let's say, shared and the skills that are unique to each one of you? 
Um, so from the beginning, I would say I'm more the industry expert. So um, you've been working been working in hotels in the hotel industry. In so industry. Uh, I've been in digital marketing for uh, over ten years, ten years plus, and in hospitality specifically mm. about eight nine years now. Mm-hmm. So um, I have background with digital marketing plus really mm-hmm. strong hospitality background and coming from the uh, performance marketing side of things. So when we started the business, I was kind of the more the technical guy. Mm-hmm. So with the better uh, industry knowledge and the technical side of things. So we kind of uh, divided things in that sense, more kind of the operational things on one side and more the technical part on the other. And I was in charge of more the technical part. But then things evolved. Uh, now I'm more of a sales guy than anything else. So I'm okay. really in charge of uh, business development. On the, I started on the agency first. And then on this company, definitely in charge of uh, business development. So partnerships, a, a client acquisition. So I went to that because we needed it. And I found myself doing it and ended up being... Decent good, at it. Good so, at it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and what are the skills that you transferred, would you say, from your previous career as in you were employed, right? Not, not self-employed before. Right? Mm-hmm. So what are the skills you think you have transferred from back then to now? And how did they help you uh, kickstart this journey of self-employment? I mean, uh, there's there's a couple of soft skills and yeah, those, say, hard yeah. skills. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I would say working for a big corporation, you learn how to deal with the with stakeholders, whether it's your bosses, whether it's uh, people you have you playing uh, with their let's say their budget. So it really depends on on who, uh, which kind of people you work for in that sense. Um, so you learn how to be way more professional. Like uh, working for big corporations, standards are way higher. Uh, so that uh, kind of, uh, that helped me a lot. So whether it was, uh, doing presentations, uh, dealing with the C-level people and uh, those kind of skills. And then obviously being, uh, working for the leader, the pioneer of a specific industry helps a lot. gives you a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. So kind of Expedia started the movement of, uh, online travel agencies. Right. Right. Uh, so they're the pioneer in that, uh, in that field. So obviously you get the recognition of when you start your own business, it, he's the ex Expedia guy. So it gives you a lot of a credibility and confidence. Ultimately, it's the confidence. I see, I see. And then um, uh, I was curious also to know why did you choose this specific field? I mean, you could have landed doing anything else. I mean, like, are you, would you say that you are passionate about what you do? So I know it's a double question here, but like um, choosing the field and being passionate about something, sometimes it's overlap, sometimes not. Um, so how I got in, into the industry, I used to work for, uh, in, so I used to live in London. Mm-hmm. So most of my career uh, has been in London. So when I started, worked for a few different agencies in London, mm-hmm. and then I had an opportunity to work for uh, Expedia. Way bigger company, very good products to sell. That's really what drove me to Expedia and way better pay. So let's be 100% <laughs> honest. Uh, so... When I moved to Expedia, I didn't know I was going to be passionate about the about the industry. But mm. everybody loves travel, so it's not like you're selling insurance or you're selling banking services or something boring. Mm. You're selling travel, mm. so that's a good product to sell, and it's something that def- definitely you believe in, and it's easy to uh, 
to feel comfortable with it. So when I first uh, started working there, uh, slowly I started getting really, really passionate about it. And you feel that you're good at something or you're working for a company that's really, really good at something. That's how yeah, I think I uh, built up the, the passion. Mm-hmm. But now I would definitely say I'm uh, very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So I have really strong feelings about how the industry is going. And uh, so, yeah, I would say uh, very passionate. And, and so when you quit your previous career and um, and uh, what, what, were, what, were, what was your plans back then? It was like, okay, I'm going to just take some time off and do something and find out what that thing is. Or was it like clear, okay, I'm going to be self-employed and I'm going to start something that is in that same industry? I wanted to stay in the industry because I knew... Um, how to navigate, a, how to... I had yeah. an advantage. Yeah. That's how I looked at it. So I uh, worked for a company that, that was leading in a specific uh, area. So uh, I've built up good um, good experience. And so I knew like the, my last year at work, I knew, I started thinking about, okay, what can I, can I do after this? So yeah. I started having the idea of, well, you're getting all this knowledge, you know who doesn't have all that knowledge? Hotels. Yeah. So they're not that tech savvy, so they're lacking a lot of uh, the skills and the knowledge. Mm. So I started thinking in that specific way. Okay. And I saw the opportunity and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, I had an idea, but uh, it was a bit too technical at that time. And my initial idea really changed and just we adapted to the one we first launched. So I launched uh, with, uh, with my partner. Mm. So when we first launched, we had an idea of selling a specific product. Then he evolved and we started, we just adapted to the market and the demand and just started selling the services that uh, they needed. Uh, can I ask also, why did you decide to quit in the first place? I mean, a lot of people, you know, like, I mean, yeah, older generation, I would say they stick with a job for, I don't know, 20, 30 years, even more. Hmm. Millennials quit a little bit earlier. Um, I did that change also, did that move a few years ago. My reasons might be different than yours. What was your reasons? Uh, there was um, a couple of reasons. So I would say first it was a change in lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So um, how did it look like back then? Okay. I mean, you can go back to that question. Let's pin it somewhere and talk to it about it. No, I can tell you. Let's, uh, let's start with that one. So I lived in London, so I was yeah. going there anyways. So uh, when I was younger, uh, on paper, that was the life that I wanted so live in a big city, London, New York, that was kind of the choices from uh, from the start. Um, so I had this idea that, okay, this is the kind of life that I, that I want. It looked good in movies. So this is what I wanted, like a very nice apartment, uh, centrally located in New York or London. And uh, that was kind of a, not the dream, but uh, when you're younger, uh, early teen, that's what, you, what I thought. And uh, as soon as I got it, Basically, so I lived, I had a very comfortable life in London. Basically, what I'm, uh, what I was uh, uh, dreaming about, basically. And um, it was not exactly what I, what I wanted. As soon as you have it, you're like, okay, this is not exactly what's next. What's next? <laughs> it's not even what's next. It's like, uh. okay, it's nice, but this is not making me happy. Yeah, so, as soon as we tick all the boxes as a young adult, then we start yeah. questioning, like, what's going on now? And yeah, that's, that's fun and nice, but maybe not completely fulfilling. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's, you, we all go through the process of ticking boxes. Mm. So we, I want this, 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 mm. does it fit in the list? Good. But then you don't really uh, look for, am I happy? 
what to the actual state. So I was not really in a very happy place. Good uh, work was doing good, relationship not not really. And a couple of things uh, led me to leave London. So just okay, let's change. I want something new, and uh, and that's really why I kind of quit. It was not really, and there was a part of it. It was okay. I need to give myself some time to start my own business. Okay. Okay, it makes sense. Okay, so back to um, now, actually, <laughs> rather than the past. <coughs> What were you thinking when you started? I mean, thinking mostly also, what were you feeling when you started, when you started this new journey, this self-employment journey? Excitement, uh, a bit, I don't know, worry. Mostly excitement. Mostly excitement. Mostly excitement. Uh, back then, I think, uh, when I left London, uh, I came to Bali. So I spent a bit of time in Bali and that's really, I give myself a bit of time just to disconnect. And then I started really uh, working on the idea of uh, starting something uh, quite quickly. I, I gave myself a, a year to, to figure things out, but very quickly after I think uh, three months already, just naturally just started, uh, wanted to do something, wanted to work on something and it came, uh, it came naturally, so it was. It came with the like I did on my own terms. Nobody pressured me to do anything. I was at. Uh, there was no. I had savings, uh, so I didn't really have the pressure to. Okay, I need to start generating money or anything. So um, we I really did it on my own terms. So when you do it that way, I think it comes with a lot of uh, excitement. There was no uh, worries or anything. Just let's let's wait for the fun, and there was only excitement at that time so before things started to be difficult <laughs> and uh before the challenges at uh, the beginning was uh, all the excitement i think and um uh, did the vision or not the vision the expectations from self-employment change when you started and at what point specifically when it when it started changing because we do all expect self-employment to be some certain way and perhaps it is that way perhaps it changes i mean i didn't really have any expectations yeah. Um, I started doing this just, okay, I need to do something. I see an opportunity. Let's see where this leads. But uh, without any specific, I need to, this is going to be a million dollar business. This is going to be this or that. So there was really no expectations at that moment. And like before, throughout my career, I was freelance on the side. So I always had uh, clients, people from my, my network. So I always had one or two clients uh, freelancing. So I had kind of a, a taste of uh, self-employment just by doing it, those uh, freelance gigs that I had. Right, I see. And um, let's talk then about the fun parts about self-employment and also the challenging parts of it. The fun, fun, fun part. Um, I mean, it's just uh, the empowerment that you feel. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you do everything on your own terms. And this is, it took me time to adjust to this, but uh, it gives you a, comes with a huge feeling of uh, empowerment that everything happens on my own terms. Whatever, where I live, everything that I do, it's really my own terms. What do you mean it took you some time to adjust to it? 
because sometimes I would put right to sleep, I would put work first. So let's say uh, I would, instead of doing things, okay, this is how I want things to be, and things will fall into this, into this box, right? Uh, the beginning, I had a tendency of doing, okay, uh, what's the situation, and I'm going to make my life fit in that specific situation. When I, and I had a switch of, you know what, just, can we curse on the podcast? Yeah, sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, I was like, you know what, fuck it. Uh, this is how one thinks to be. It's not a big deal if, let's say, from a client's perspective, uh, from a, I don't know, a staff perspective, it's more one, uh, what was a better fit for the longevity of uh, the project and how I wanted things to go. Okay, got it. So you were talking about the positive things about the fun part of mm -hmm. being self-employed. Uh, is that it or shall we... Because I guess we're going to come to the challenging parts and there will be a lot over there too. Yeah, so fun parts, I don't know. Uh, just, just doing, um, starting something, the excitement of starting something new, a new project, there's always something new. When you, when you have your, a business, there's always a new area to tap in. Uh, something that needs to be, to be done, like a, a new marketing project. So anything that uh, you haven't done before, there's a whole excitement of doing it for the first time. So... So that's mostly what's, uh, mm. what's good about it. Okay. So the fun part would be, mm. sounds a bit nerdy, but uh, that's... Uh, that that's makes sense. Yeah. Relate to that. And what about the challenging parts? Challenges, um, the biggest one probably is the... It's mentally. It's the whole entrepreneurship, I would say, is just a mental game. It's a draining. It's, it takes a toll on you. So you're always thinking about a business. You're always, you never turn off. Uh, so that's probably the, the biggest challenge. Like personally, what's, uh, wow, what's, okay. what's yeah. challenging for me uh, mm. personally. And uh, then you get used to it. So now I'm way better than before. Before, like I would stress about emails the whole day. I would, uh, till I go to bed, I would check the email. If there's an email coming in, it was something important. I would have to reply right away. So I didn't really uh, manage it well at the beginning. So it was, it was quite stressful. Uh, it gave me a lot of anxiety and such. But then, like with the years, you, you start being uh, way better at managing. Uh, More resilient. Yeah, exactly. And mm. you don't really f so much feel the pressure. Things will be done when they will be done. So without putting too much pressure on yourself. Mm. Mm. How do you organize your day to be efficient? Um, so like, I think this, the, that's why I recommend entrepreneurship to everybody. It's really for what it does to you. So I started doing a lot of things, changing my life around work. So after I think almost a year of, uh, the first business, I had a kind of a switch. I was like, okay, I need to, for the business to grow, I need to grow myself. I need to start doing things much better. I need to have a way better, uh, kind of a, a cleaner life, better lifestyle, just way more focused and put myself in the right position to succeed. So that's how I really started really paying attention to a lot of things, how I sleep, uh, how I wake up, how I work, how I eat. Um, so that's really uh, influence, uh, work influence a lot the lifestyle. So it's actually what you're saying is um, being self-employed can help you and can help other people. So grow somehow personally as well, right? Like 
improve like some sort of personal development to influence your professional developments as well absolutely mm. it's i think most of my personal development the last five six years uh. has been in reaction to work what i need to do uh because of work to be more performant to succeed to to do things better but it really it all came i think uh from work from the fact that you don't have a choice mm. you're your own boss nobody's telling you just wake up do do this, do that. Um, if you want that paycheck to keep coming, like you need, really need to get up mm -hmm. and do what you need to be uh, to do, right? But the thing is, what I've seen with uh, some of my clients, or maybe just people that I know and um, in my circle, is that when they are used to um, being employed, like pressure is coming from the outside, uh, somebody is telling them what to do and also it they like kind of they have to go and sit in the desk and do their work from nine to five or whatever hours they work in they find it very hard afterwards to do that self-induced pressure to sit down and get that discipline and get that routine in check so they can deliver for themselves when they're self-employed so what they do is i mean some of them would give up and go back to self-employed to employment and some of them will have to recreate the same environment, which is um, uh, w with the workspace, with the workplace, let's say working in co-working spaces. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of them like still keep on struggling with it because there's, there are distractions. There's nobody telling you what you have to do. There's maybe some savings in the bank. And so what are you telling me here is that you, um, you actually self-induced yourself with that kind of necessary good healthy pressure to sit down and learn uh, be organized clean up your life and uh, uh, get the structure you need to be able to deliver is that right yeah, yeah. Um, so the what worked for me I was um, I'm not gonna say uh, yes I'm gonna say it I was a procrastinator I was not the best employee like uh, you would always get like in a, whether it was a school or work always had kind of the same kind of feedback smart uh, gets it could be uh, could work a bit more that was not laziness but it's just I was not pushing myself too much so I did what I what I needed to do what needed to be done but it never pushed myself too much so the self-induced pressure obviously way uh, way higher than the pressure that I had at work so my own standards for my own business are way higher obviously. Mm -hmm. so what specifically is your routine how do you organize your day to be uh, efficient and effective the so this is with the like i tried a lot of different things but what works for me is i wake up early um, it depends where i am in the world if it's not too cold i would probably wake up way earlier i would say it's hard to get out of bed when it's cold outside. Um, so usually I wake up around six. So it could be 5.30, 6.30. So in that range, definitely before seven. Um, right away, I need to work. I do coffee. I need to sit down on my computer right away. This is like the most important two hours of uh, my day. That's why I do the biggest chunk of my own work. Uh, then obviously I need to uh, deal with the team, uh, have calls, clients. Um, so the rest of the day is more filled up with uh, those kind of things. And 
Uh, but uh, the more the most important part is those two hours. So I need to have uh, caffeine, strong coffee in the morning, black, and then I work. Um, what I do like usually depends on the days or period in my life when it's very stressful. So I really need to be to have a very strong routine. So now we really take care of myself, like do the mindfulness, uh, stretch. That at 20 minutes before starting to work, I need to do something. I need to take care of myself a bit. So that's when times I don't do it religiously every single day. I used to, but now I'm, well, it depends on uh, my uh, my mindset, my, the specific situation where I'm at. If I'm struggling at that time, I would be way more prone to doing this kind of things. And uh, the main things is waking up early, working those hours, and gym. I need to gym two, three times a week. Some sort of fitness or gym, gym? Um, gym, well, I put everything on the gym. So yeah. whether if I need, uh, playing sports, tennis, so whether tennis, uh, I don't play football anymore. I'm a big football fanatic, but I'm getting uh, injured uh, too, too often. So I kind of quit. Uh, play tennis, if not, is uh, hitting the gym. The gym, whether lifting weights or high intensity workouts. But I really, I do the gym part mainly for the mental health. I see it. If I don't gym for like a week, maybe the second week, I start to feel it. I'm getting everything, like I'm, uh, everything annoys me. I'm struggling way more with life. Right, I see. And so you mentioned also working from different places. You mentioned the cold place, if you're in a cold place or warm place. Uh, yeah. What about that? Like, do you spend time in different places? Uh, so, yeah, I uh, spend time between uh, Europe, Amsterdam and Southeast Asia. Right. And okay. so mainly between uh, Amsterdam, Bali and uh, Bangkok. Okay. Okay. Strategic places. Yeah. 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 So uh, business is based in uh, Amsterdam uh, and client base. Uh, those are our two biggest markets. Oh. So Bali and uh, Thailand. Is that considered as being a digital nomad? I don't really like the term uh, digital nomad. Okay. Uh, because it's, uh, well, it's a solid business with uh, employees. We... You're not like a freelancer, right? That's no, maybe exactly. more digital nomad. So it's not nomad, a freelancer. So. I'm not a graphic designer. So not, not that something wrong with it, but mm. uh, I, don't, uh, I don't have that lifestyle, I would say. I have... Uh, I have a corporate life in a lot of ways. So I have employees, I have uh, calls, we have a team, team calls on a regular basis. I have to deal with a lot of people. Um, but uh, we we do it uh, remotely. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay. So uh, when you said like, yeah, moving from one place to another, I don't know how much time you spend in one place and the other one, but like, how do you... a couple months at a time. A couple months at a time. And how do you navigate that change, those changes? It's just about us having the right environment. So like I said, I need to work right away. So as soon as I wake up. So at least if I have uh, whatever, it's a, a home or co-working spaces, I need to have uh, my space. So right away where I can work, easily work from. And gym, I need to, anywhere I go right away, I always have like flexible uh, memberships. I do, a monthly, I do everything on a monthly basis. So like uh, it has to fit my lifestyle as well. So I need to be in place uh, with them in Bangkok. I need to accommodation that I take always has gym uh, 
uh, a gym inside, a pool and a gym. Uh, Bali, same thing right away. As soon as first thing I do, I get my membership. As soon as I land, the next day I'm already, uh, I sort out my membership and a couple things. And Amsterdam, same, uh, same thing. So the must, uh, must haves for uh, what I do for me to be in the right environment is having a co-working space, having uh, at home a space where I can work for those uh, two, three hours in the morning and uh, access to a gym, easy access to a gym. Mm. Yeah, so easy is the key word here, is easy access to all those things. Mm. So I need to live right, uh, really close to uh, the co-working space. So to avoid any obstacles to get into work, get into a gym. I see. And um, when it comes to challenges, again, if we come back to those, um, was there any specific moments where it was quite challenging? What I'm mostly interested in, and not, not what are those moments, but like how did you navigate those challenging moments? And from a psychological point of view, what did you say to yourself? What were you thinking? If you used an external resource, like I don't know, like maybe talking to a coach or talking to a friend or your business partners, how, how, how did you approach challenges? Um, so I do a lot of uh, self-talk, I guess. Uh, so one of the things when, that I mentioned earlier, uh, after my first year, one of the self-talks I was uh, always telling myself is, okay, like act like a CEO. That's what you're trying to be. So act like it, meaning do the right things, clean up your lifestyle. So that means going to bed early, uh, doing the right things, eating well, um, waking up back then. I was, I was not a, I was never like a big, uh, waking up early person. I'm not a, before I was not a morning person. Then I definitely, now I'm definitely am. But back then I was, uh, that's the biggest change was okay. The 5am club as I, I started it, uh, started doing it. So I started doing the, those things and, uh, and that helped a lot. So that was kind of the first shift. So that self-talk of, okay, you need to act like it to be, uh, become it. That was uh, one of the main ones. Um, then I think I have like on a regular basis, it's just uh, proud myself to be uh, a grinder, a hustler in that sense. So I just go for it. So before I was, uh, I was not pushing myself enough. When uh, in my corporate life, I was not really going for it as much I as see. I do now. Hey, you keep on bringing the routines around your life, which is a very important point, I guess. But so you mentioned also here the, the so you, the self talk, like talking. Do you hear it only, or do you also see it? Uh, you see yourself as a CEO. Like, do you picture it, visualize it? Yeah, I do that uh, five ten minutes within my morning routine. Mm. That's vis visualization uh, mm. where either I do it for the, my day. So how I want my day to go oh. and the bigger picture. So what, what we are trying to achieve as a, as a company mm. and personally, um, what we, where I'm, what kind of a, my ambition. So the, the end goal. Yeah, it makes sense. And do you consider yourself as, um, um, are you satisfied? I would say like from your accomplishments so far, if we put a number from zero to 10, 10 being super satisfied from what I have accomplished so far and 10 being super and one, not so much, where would you place yourself? I uh, would we'll probably put a five. A five? Yeah. Okay, five has been, what? Like, what's the title there? Was the, the label the average? Yeah, average, I would say uh, okay. average. Um, Is that coming from a uh, humble 
spot or is it coming rather from a uh, ambitious spot? You can look at it both ways. So obviously uh, what I'm trying to achieve, uh, we're not even there yet. So that's one, on one side. And the other side, I would be more the type of person that uh, I would need to take some time to reflect on what we've done so far. And that helps a lot. So usually my uh, business partner, we always have these conversations and he's really good at it. Uh, just taking a step back, okay, look what we've accomplished so far. We, we are on the right track. So he's good at reminding me uh, that part on a regular basis. But I would be more kind of a, I'm not going to say a negative person in that sense, but I was uh, I will always want more. Uh, we're not doing enough. I would tend to have that kind of a attitude towards uh, business. I think you can call it ambition or you, call it, you can call it not uh, being uh, satisfied with what you have. Could be, I think it's a bit of both, but uh, that comes with the pressure that I put myself. Uh, I like to call it more ambition than, uh, than, uh, than more being negative, looking mm. at the, the glass half, uh, being half empty versus yeah. Yeah, half full. Yeah, it makes sense. Yes, and then, then success. How do you define the word success? Um, it's a good question. Um, I have another question too. Okay, okay. Well, I just that is more related to the one before, okay. but we can pin those two and choose the one you want to answer. Like, okay. so you said it was a five, mm -hmm. and obviously, all of us we want to see ourselves at a nine or a ten even. So what stopped it from actually already being a nine? We mm -hmm. can go here to technicalities, like if you want to specifics about the, the, the type of business and what you're actually delivering and creating. But also you can also go to like personal things like, I don't know, just having a clear vision of what I need to do or um, just stepping in and doing it or things like that. So there's many ways to answer that question. I guess um, what would make it a 10? Yeah. At this stage, I think it's just time. Time. Okay. We're doing the right things. Fair enough. So we're not there yet, uh, but we, I think we are in the path. Yeah. Um, eventually, uh, things will happen at a, let's say, a bigger scale. Yeah. And needing, uh, needing for any external resources? Well, we go into the, that process. Of, okay. uh, we're doing the right steps to get there right. uh, without getting into specifics. But success, success, what is success is being like uh, reaching your full potential. And I think there's a, um, I'm not like goal searching either, but uh, I want to uh, reach a certain level where I'm at a, playing in a bigger league where I can say, okay, now uh, res resources are limitless. I can really uh, reach my full potential. So basically, if you look at it from a, I'm very, uh, I take a lot of examples in sports. So sports uh, always been very, uh, Helped me a lot with uh, my ambitions and re reaching goals and such. So the way I look at it is now I'm going through the uh, motions to eventually get to the, let's say, to the NBA. Right now I'm playing in the minor leagues or the NCAA, whatever you want to call it. So in the second division, if it's, uh, we're talking football, European football. Uh, and we go into the process of uh, putting the, the hours, putting the work to get to the bigger league, to, to the Champions League. That makes total sense. I got it. Okay. 
Um, what's the next step for you guys? What are you, if it's not too discreet, of course. By the way, there's a lot of competition. There's competition, there's. Uh, but the market is huge. Okay. So, uh, I would have um, weeks or like specific days. Huh. Uh, what would be, go a bit crazy about a competition? Shaking them up. Uh, yeah, but like you would see a post on uh, on LinkedIn and it would rattle me a bit and like I would think about it the whole day. Uh, but on in, in, uh, on regular days, I'm, uh, I don't pay attention too much. Okay, let's talk about positioning then. How are you different than the other competitions? Um, I think we have probably much more field experience. So coming from the industry that's on that, that's as you as a team right but yeah. like what about the product uh so that's that's how we build the product so coming from really experience so working uh through the agency that's kind of what allows us to allow us sorry to really understand the market better so what we do when you're an agency you basically the marketing team of uh, your clients right so they outsource a big chunk of their marketing to yourself. So you, their success, your success is their success. So we started, so we've been in the position of the hotel. So we know we are the client. So uh, that helped us a lot to create the product. So we've built the software thinking mostly about the user. And we knew well the end user being the end user in a lot of ways ourselves. So we felt the pain point. Uh, the hotel struggle and build the product in that sense so how would the hotels interact uh with the product how how can it be as useful as possible as uh, easy to use and so a lot of things uh that we how we made the product was taking the user in uh in consideration and us being the user do you consider your your um main uh clients uh, are you like i'm trying to, to to ask the question in different ways who are you serving specifically? Are you serving the hotels or are you also serving the clients, the people who are booking, actually? Our client is the hotel. Yeah. So the we direct sell. client, B2B. Yeah, it's B2B. Yeah. Our business is B2B. So we help in uh, the hotels. Um, so they sign directly with us. But our tool helps their user. So the fact that it makes the booking process more... Uh, uh, simpler, uh, easier, makes it easier to book, um, uses, gives them the right information. There's a lot of things that we help in the, the users. And the fact that uh, the users find it way easier to book uh, that hotel when our tool is installed on the hotel website, it helps the hotels um, increase the, their revenue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so we, what were you saying about um, uh, next steps? What's, what's, next? what's coming up? Um, so we, we got to a stage where kind of, uh, our sales model works, uh, the tool works, uh, people happy with the tool, uh, it's generating results. So it's, uh, let's say we have that validation, the market validation. You can argue market validation is when you have a uh, hundred thousand customers, but, uh, let's say it works. People are happy with it. They buy it. When people pay for it, they're happy with it. Uh, so now we're just replicating that model, going to next markets. Uh, next is Thailand. Uh, we're hitting the Thai market. Uh, so building up uh, another team in Thailand. 
and replicate the model as much as possible. Nice, nice. Okay, can you can we talk a little bit more about your background now, mm-hmm. specifically about your childhood? And this is not a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> Just, who were you as a kid, and more specifically, who did you want to be? Superman or Batman? Spider Man? Um, so there's a couple of like a. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of profiles that uh, you understand uh, where I'm coming from. Like a big influence. Uh, it's going to sound a bit corny, but a uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. All right. It's a huge influence. Uh, this is the kind of guy that I like. When I was a kid, I was more that type of guy. Very goofy. Uh, a bit of a class clown. There's, so there was that side. That side. Uh, but class clown kind of summarizes it uh, quite a bit. So on one side, and uh, if not like a um, football fanatic, so always been extremely competitive. Uh, I lost a bit of competitiveness in the corporate world. It was not I didn't really understand the game. Uh, well, but now uh, like with my own business, uh, I got it uh. back. Did you ever have a mentor or something like? Were you close to parents? Both? Yeah, yeah very close to my. F- uh, Let's say nuclear family. My parents, brother, and I have a brother and a sister. Extremely close to each other. Uh, who did you look up to the most? Um, my brother um, has always been a very positive person, always uh, pushed me to do things better. Like, he always took good uh-huh. care of me. So, we had a, always had a very good uh, relationship. Are there any, um, any phrases or words that you think that you carried with you through, through your teenage time and your adulthood? Um, actually, it's my si- coming more from my sister than my brother. My brother is more actions, um, but uh, phrases and stuff would come more from my sister. Uh, so my sister really got me into the self-help uh, books. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah, so uh-huh. my kind of Bible is uh, Jack Canfield, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Success Principles. Um, and she got me into it. And basically she would say always, what would Jack do? What would Jack say? So, mm. so like we all most of the family we all know the book by heart like uh, all the chapters uh so like like the bigger the big ideas of the book uh so i would do something she's like she would uh, say this is not really jack so she really got me into the those kind of books and the specific book helped me make most of the big moves in my life wow moving to london so background as you know we grew up in morocco and moved to Canada when I was a teenager. So I spent, uh, let's say, half-half in uh, between Morocco and uh, Canada before moving to London. So kind of most of my teen, uh, teen years and uh, early adult life was in Montreal. Um, so when I moved uh, from Montreal to London, it was after reading uh, Jack Canfield. So I was going through a specific chapter. It was, was about, a, don't complain about the situation, but like just take action. Uh, basically being accountable and uh, take on ownership of uh, the situations. Mm, so that helped me a lot. And you keep reading these days? Oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, What do you read? Well, if you have Jack, one book, one book to read. Oh, this one, I still read it. Like uh, different chapters would impact you at different stages of life. Like every time I struggle a bit, going to uh, either something personal, something about work, um, I always uh, go back to this book. So I read other things. Uh, so 
have this app uh, script. So whether it's an audiobook or um, or uh, the, the so app script one with summaries, right? The small. No, no, no. It has everything. So he oh, has, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He has summaries. Script, yeah. He has uh, the audios, and he has the. Uh, and he has the uh, the books, mm. but uh, you read it either on your iPad or mm. or phone. Um, so I try to read like mostly self help uh, self help books. That's I think I should read more other things, but I'm mostly uh, reading those kind of books. So whether it's uh, the new bestsellers, the trendy books, uh, the, let's say the art of not giving a fuck, or uh, one of those uh, books, scale more kind of a uh, entrepreneurship type books. And you are an author yourself, right? Yes, I am. So um, uh, we wrote a book about the industry, uh, how our view of the industry, hotel uh, marketing. So we started where the idea came from is at first we're doing uh, content marketing. So I was writing uh, articles on a regular basis just for to post articles on the blog. So part of our marketing uh, strategy. But then we thought about it, you know what, we should do an ebook. So we already have a lot of articles. Let's compile all these articles that we have and uh, put out an ebook. But then you don't really stand out. Everybody has an ebook. Mostly we're a marketing company. Um, in our field, a lot of these things have been, already, have been done already, right? So we wanted to stand out and came up with the idea. So you know what, just why not? Let's write a book. It's extremely challenging, but uh, not the writing part, but putting everything together. That's the hardest part. And uh, so, yeah, so we published a book, uh, I think, uh, like a year and a half ago. So April, May 2018. And uh, yeah. So nice, nice. Well, that, that was a great conversation. Um, before we wrap up, I'd like just to go through a couple of funny sentences, we call them. Okay. okay, I'll start sentences and you finish them, okay? okay. And uh, before I forget, also, I'd like you to tell me um, what advices would you give to someone who's just starting? But let's spin that one and go back to it after asking the questions. Pressure comes from? Your own self. All right. I'm happy if? If I decide to be. If I decide to be. <laughs> I love... You need it. You need it. Love. You need it. You need it. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Okay. Okay. So what are the advices that you would like to give someone who's just starting, actually starting or changing? So from employed to self-employed. Um, I would say, so I've given this advice on uh, a few times already. You do a couple of public speaking, right? Like you, you guys... Or you specifically speak sometimes in uh, with group of people, right? You do that. Yeah, so uh, yeah. we do events on a regular. Basis. Yeah, I saw some pictures coming here and there on your social media. Mm -hmm. um, so the advice that I would give somebody that just started, and I give it to I don't know my brother and a couple of my close friends. When you start your own thing, um, if you can do it while you work, you can save yourself a lot of the mental challenges. Right. So one of the biggest problems and probably you faced it yourself is the downgrading lifestyle. When you have that job security, life is way easier. You don't have to worry about a lot of things. So all that worry uh, 
that you can have when you start your own business, not having a steady paycheck. In the beginning, it's a, that becomes a challenge and a, you get really anxious about it. But if you can start your business uh, putting uh, extra hours aside of your job, that would be kind of my uh, one of my main uh, advices. Mm. And second, start your own thing. Just start. Uh, start. Just do. But the thing is, like, what this is a good advice. I believe in it. Like, that's actually what I would choose for myself too. This is not what I did, but that's what I would choose uh, if I had to redo it again. But the thing is, most of people. Uh, would want to make a change in their life because the lifestyle they had it's really stressful they say i don't know they work overtime they are super stressed they don't have a normal lifestyle and they dream about having being self-employed so they can have all the free time they want which is not always the case like not being a self-employed doesn't give you all the time you (laughs) want actually the opposite (laughs) the opposite i haven't worked as much in my life so having all that um pressure and a lot of work to do with your employer um what I would hear, what I would hear them now saying, it's like, oh, but when when would I be able to squeeze in any time to work on my personal product, or mm-hmm. product or project? Well, I had a client who who was successfully doing that. Like she she's in Germany and she 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 was, used to work in marketing and she had a lot of time. But the thing is, with her, she was extremely structured, mm-hmm. extremely structured and priorities she put priorities where they should be like i mean she would skip in a few things like maybe social time with friends or even i don't know rest time even sometimes just to be able to put all her energy into creating her product Mm. would you agree on that yeah uh, absolutely uh what i would the way to look at it i would say is it's a test if you're able to do it you're probably going to succeed if you're able to start your own business, uh, work in uh, part-time, so as you're already employed and you start on the side, uh, if you are able to find time, that tells you that you have what it takes to succeed. Uh, because uh, you need discipline, you need to be structured, you need to really want it to be able to do that. So if you don't have those three things, I would say it's, uh, um, it's gonna be hard for you to start your own thing. Really good one. Thank you very much. I guess uh, our listeners will have a lot of lessons to learn from your experience in our conversation. That was really cool. Um, is there anything you would like to add? I mean, I will, of course, share links to your whatever LinkedIn profile and website and things that you've been doing. Is there anything anything else that you would like to share with the, the listeners? Um some phrase that has been in my uh, in my head for some sentence sorry yeah, it's been in my head for a few weeks is the from Bron James I, I know it's not him uh, that came up with it but um, the get a uncomfortable get comfortable being uncomfortable that's a that's a good one yeah we talked about it the other day hey, it's hey. really good one so this one I don't, I'm sure it's not LeBron James that came up with it but uh, mm. I've been hearing it from LeBron James lately <laughs> okay okay thanks thank you very much and yes let's stay in touch that's it for today's conversation thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the key insights that we shared on this podcast interview don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you didn't subscribe yet and head to my website thebodyandmindcoach.com blog to find exclusive articles about various personal and professional development topics. 
And finally, if you are an athlete or a business professional who's looking for help to advance your career and navigate through whatever challenges that you may be facing to win your game, or if you are a corporate organization who would like to offer their team a workplace well-being workshop, or if you are a sports team who's looking at unlocking their full potential, go to my website, thebodyandmindcoach.com, scroll to the bottom and hit the contact button and reach out. Thank you and enjoy your day.